You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. One commentator said this, if we take the Queen of Sheba as an example of a seeker, we see that Solomon impressed her with his wealth and splendor and also impressed her personally. But she returned home without an evident expression of faith in the God of Israel. This shows that impressing seekers with facilities and programs and organization and professionalism isn't enough. They need to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Many churches pour thousands of dollars as well as hours and hours of time on planning out and executing fantastic productions. But what good does it do? As Pastor Dave will point out in today's message, all our efforts are useless if the Word of God isn't faithfully being communicated to the lost. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 10 as he begins his message, Visit from the Queen. First Kings chapter 10 is where we want to be. Lord, we just pray that you would just bless this time we have in your word, Father God. We ask, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord, to just uh, make sense out of it, Father God. And, and Lord, know that you're doing a mighty work. You've, you did a mighty work through Solomon, and you're, you're doing a mighty work through Israel, Lord. And help us, Father God, to just be aware and be able to take these Old Testament verses and, Lord, apply them to our lives today. Lord, it's so important, Lord, that we see you and, and that we know you and that we just glean your love, Father God. So I ask, Lord, that as we study these things, Lord, you would be glorified in our midst, Lord. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Solomon became king of Israel, and, and the Lord God appeared to him and said, Ask whatever you want, and I'll give it to you, whatever you need. And he said that in 1 Kings 3, uh, verse 5. And then as we read through 1 Kings, we saw that Solomon's request was answered by the Lord. And the Lord answered him mightily and said that not only I'm going to, because you asked for wisdom, he said, give me wisdom and understanding so that I might govern your people, so that I might show them your love and show them your way. And the Lord basically said to Solomon, because that's what you asked for, I'm going to give you so much more than that. And I just love that about God. You know, God always gives us the desires of our heart. The, the word says that if you delight yourself in him, he will give to you the desires of your heart. You know, and, and you know, it's not necessarily material things, however it can be. But it's not necessarily material things because the main thing that God gives us is more of him which is what we want. We want more of him, and we want to know him better. And so Solomon prayed that, and God did that. And so Solomon became not only the wisest man in the world, but he also became one of the richest ones. And his wisdom and his wealth were known throughout the world. In fact, it said that, that men, including kings from all nations, would come and hear Solomon speak, and they would come and see him because of this great knowledge he had. We studied as Solomon completed building projects. He built the house of the Lord. He built his palace. He completed many other projects trying to establish his kingdom and protecting all the interests that he had. He made trade agreements with nations and he, and he built a navy. 
and he hired seamen from Tyre to manage the fleet. He then imported delicacies, gold and silver and timber from the east, making his riches even grow all the more. And several commentators said at this time that Solomon's life was at the highest of his prosperity and the highest of his piety, too. Remember we said that Solomon was at the pinnacle of his relationship with God at this time. Everything was going great. Now, all this would have been really good if Solomon had used his wealth, his riches, and his wisdom to show a witness to the other nations about God, which was what God had wanted them to do. This was God's plan for Israel all along. We've talked about this. God's plan for Israel was to show the world him. They wanted to be a witness. They wanted, he wanted Israel to be a witness of him, his mercy, and his grace. And you can read that throughout the Bible. And it's important for us now as Christians that now we live for God. We belong to him. And we should put all our resources, we should put all our energies into serving him and furthering the gospel in everything we say and everything we do. Now, I'm not saying we need to all quit our jobs and go into ministry. What I'm saying is you're in ministry in your job. You're in ministry right where you are, wherever it may be, in schoolrooms, in classrooms, in, in places that you work. You're in ministry, and we're to take what we know, Jesus Christ, and share him. And we do that by our life. We do that by the words we say. We do that by the actions and how we do. So we're to do that. So we're called to do that. It's very important for us to do everything as according to God through his word. Why? So that God is glorified. So that people would come. See, God's one true will. Everybody in here, there's not a person in here, I hope, that doesn't want to do the will of God. Everybody wants to do God's will. Well, what's God's perfect will? That none would perish. That all would come to the knowledge and repentance of Jesus Christ. All would know him. That's God's perfect will. It says so scripturally. So we should do that. We should live the way God wants us to live in everything that we do. As we studied last week, we saw cracks in Solomon's character begin to appear. He became prideful, and he dealt shrewdly with his friend Hiram. He used slave labor from the people who were still in the land. And he might have crossed the boundaries between king and priest by offering sacrifices. We're not sure, but it appears that way. We can't be absolutely sure. But Solomon was still walking with the Lord, even though there were cracks appearing. Compromise was sneaking into his life. Compromise was starting to get into him. And as we come into tonight's study, Solomon is visited by a queen from a foreign land. And we get a glimpse into his wealth. And when she saw all this, she staggered at his wealth and at his wisdom. Let's look at verses 1 to 3. Now when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. So this queen comes from Sheba, the queen of Sheba. Well, everybody believes that it's modern-day Yemen. That's what mainly people believe. However, there is some who feel it might be Ethiopia, but that doesn't seem to play well. All right, But it's probably modern-day Yemen. And 
It's interesting here. I read this, and did anybody get hung up on the word retinue? When I first thought, I had never heard that word before, and here I retinue. It basically means attendants or servants. It basically means that she had this whole great big entourage with her. She had this huge caravan that she came with treasures and gold and spices and precious stones. But she came with hard questions. She came with hard questions. She was a seeker of the truth. And she heard Solomon's great wisdom and wealth, and she wanted to see it for herself. But I like the statement concerning the name of the Lord. She had also heard of the God of Israel and what he had done for Solomon, and she needed to experience this firsthand. Was she truly seeking God? Was she truly seeking Jehovah God? You'll have to make up your own mind on that, because it really doesn't say. It really doesn't say. We don't get a final answer. But she was seeking questions about the God of Israel. Maybe she did desire to get better acquainted. Maybe she wanted to see it, because she used to watch Solomon worship. She used to watch him go and worship the other gods. She would stand there and watch as his entryway, which he went up to the house of the Lord, and there was, there was no more spirit in her, it says. She would watch this, and it kind of drew her in. Solomon didn't disappoint the queen. He answered every question. No question was too difficult. The queen used her royalty. I mean, this was royal. She was used to this, but she never had stuff like this. She never had what Solomon had, and she was like, she was gasping, look at four and five. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, their apparel, his cupbearers, his entryway, which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. It took her breath away. It took her breath away. The wisdom, the knowledge, watching everything, including Solomon go into the house of the Lord. This made quite an impression upon her. And you know, as I was reading this, it came to mind, people watch you every Sunday. They really, you don't might think they're watching, but they see you go out, they see you get in your car, and they wonder where you go every Sunday. And they probably know you're going to church. And they probably know that, and they might even ask you questions about it when you get home. But they, they become impressed with your faithfulness. They see you every single Sunday, and they're kind of drawn into maybe wondering why you go every single Sunday, or where are you going every single Sunday? What's going on, you know? I mean, how many chickens do they cut heads off with where you go? Or, you know, they have questions. That was a joke. Come on. <laughs> we haven't brought the chickens out yet, so let's try. So. But they, they, they had questions. They, they wanted to know. They want to know. They want, they want to know. And I think it's interesting when they see your faithfulness that it's intriguing to them. I'll tell you what, when you exhibit faithfulness in God, when you exhibit faithfulness in Jesus Christ, it is very enamoring to other people. They see it in you and they want it. And that's why it's very dangerous for men to counsel women or for women to counsel men because they become enamored with what they hear and they think they're enamored with you when they're really enamored with the Lord. So it's very difficult when you do that. You know, it's very difficult because that is very attractive. It's very, very enamoring when you see somebody who has faithfulness. So look what happens in 6 and 8. Then she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame that which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. So she's kind of encouraging the king and she's saying, wow, 
you guys got it made over here. Look at everything that's happening. Look what's going on. She heard great stories about Solomon. She heard great stories about his wealth, and she couldn't believe it, and she was overwhelmed. She was so overwhelmed that she praises God. Look at verse 9. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. I love that. I love that. This is an example of God wanted to do in Israel under the promises of the old covenant. He wanted others to see what God was doing for Israel and be drawn to God. This is what he wanted to do. He would bless them so tremendously that the world would see them. That was the promise to Abraham, wasn't it? And by your seed, all the world would be blessed? Wasn't that the promise? Well, we know it's a messianic promise. We know he's talking about Jesus Christ, and that's a given. But he's also talking about the old covenant too. He's also talking about the old covenant that they were supposed to carry the message. They were supposed to carry the message. God wanted to reach the nations. He still does today. He's reaching India, a faraway place with billions of people. In his response to Solomon's prayer, God said that he would make Israel byword to other nations if they didn't keep his word, if they didn't do what he said they did. And this is what happened. They didn't do it. But was the queen making a profession of faith? Probably not. I say that because listen to what she says. Blessed be the Lord, your God. That little word, your. Now, is that not, that's not, she didn't say, blessed be the God of Israel. She said, blessed be your God. It's okay for you to have the God, Solomon, but, eh, you know, he's your God. How many people ever told you, well, that Jesus thing is okay for you. It's all right for you, but it's just not my style. It's not what I want. One commentator said this, if we take the Queen of Sheba as an example of a seeker, we see that Solomon impressed her with his wealth and splendor and also impressed her personally. But she returned home without an evident expression of faith in the God of Israel. This shows that impressing seekers with facilities and programs and organization and professionalism isn't enough. They need to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The two exchange gifts. Look at, let's finish up to 13. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity and precious stones. There never again came such an abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Also the ships of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought great quantities of almond almug wood and precious stones from Ophir. And the king made steps of almug wood from the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also harps and stringed instruments for singers. There never again came such almug wood, nor has the like been seen to this day. Now Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, besides what Solomon had given her, according to the royal generosity. So she returned and went to her own country she and her servants. It's interesting to me, what I picked up from this is, it's interesting to be that now the Queen of Sheba gives Solomon <laughs> another 120 talents of gold. Remember last week, King Hiram bought 120 talents of gold back from Ophir. Remember as we said that 120 talents of gold was about what? Eight tons? So now he has 16 tons of gold. Do the math. Put that in today's price. Wow. 
His wealth accumulated. And as his wealth accumulated, guess what, folks? Guess what he needed? What did he need when his wealth accumulated? He needed more. He needed more. He needed more wealth, and he kept on commuting. You know, he had, a, he had, a, he got himself. He had a big nut. He had to crack every every month. He needed more and more money. He needed more stuff. He needed more stuff. It always seems that the greater you have, the more you want, the more you need. When you have stuff, 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 you need more stuff, and this can lead your life to be centered around gaining wealth. Your life is centered around gaining wealth. Could this be another sign? Of Solomon sliding. Could this be another sign of Solomon sliding, the little compromise, sliding down, obtaining wealth? Obtaining wealth. And we're not going to get to it today, but verses 14 through 29 talk about him getting more wealth. Talks about him getting horses, getting chariots, getting all these things which were directly against God's law. Directly against God's law. So now he's really starting to slide. Now the compromise is getting really, really big. Now, please, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have nice things. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying it's wrong to have money. I'm not saying that. As long as nice things and money don't have you. That's what you're living for. You're living for the wrong thing. You're living for the wrong thing. Listen to what the Holy Spirit said through the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24, listen to what he, the Lord is saying through Jeremiah. 23 in chapter 9, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understand and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Solomon is going to write in the book of Ecclesiastics, in Ecclesiastics 2, chapter 16, he's going to write this. How does a wise man die? Dies as a fool. That's what he writes in Ecclesiastics 2, 16. So we can take that a little further and say, how does a rich man die? Rich man dies exactly like a poor man, doesn't he? Rich man dies like a poor man. How does a strong man die? Exactly like the weak man, doesn't he? So the things that we think are glorious are temporal, and we glorify on them. Come on, guys. The one with the biggest toys in the end wins. That means more toys for somebody else to get, (laughs) not you. They're all passing. My strength is failing. My wisdom is failing. Be careful. My riches are going to be left to somebody else. What little riches I have. If I'm going to glory, I need to glory in the fact that I understand and I know who God is. And even better than that, that I know his son, Jesus Christ. That and that I can glory. And that I can be pleased. And that I can say praised and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everything else might give me advantage for a time. My wisdom might give me advantage for a time. 
My wealth might give me an advantage for a time. My strength might give me an advantage for a time. It has a season. But my understanding and knowledge of God will give me an advantage for eternity. Forever. And that's more important. Because this will fail. This will go away. This will remain. Understanding. Now that's something really to glory about, is to knowing God through Jesus Christ. And that's what our goal is, to make sure people know God through Jesus Christ. Knowing God the Father. He said, you believe in God, believe not in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Have faith. Believe in me. We are to believe upon Jesus Christ. We're going to study the verse where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. A very radical claim. Extremely radical claim. I'm sure if Daniel preaches that and the Hindus hear that, they'll probably throw stones. They'll probably throw rocks because they have, what, 33,000 gods. What do you mean the only way to God is through Jesus Christ? That's absurd. That's a radical claim by Jesus. But it's the truth. But it's the truth. And we need to adhere to that. No man comes to the Father except through me. So Solomon is slipping again. Solomon is sliding out. His wealth is accumulating. Wait, do you read, read on. Read through chapter uh, 10. Read the end of chapter 10. Read 14 through 29. It talks about Solomon's great wealth. The way to get there. Let me, let me just give you this part about it. Listen to this in verse 14. The weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly was 666 talents of gold. Hmm. What a great number. 666. Hmm. I rest my case. Something wrong with that picture, folks. Something wrong with that picture. So Solomon starts to obtain things. He it's ridiculous what he does, and he just goes overboard, and then he starts to acquire chariots, he starts to acquire horses, he starts to acquire wives, he starts to acquire concubines, and as I said, the first words in chapter 11, verse 3, it says, and he, Solomon, had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. And that was the end of Solomon. From then on, it was downhill. But you can see this snowball that happened. It just starts this way, and all of a sudden, it gets this big. Uh, let me pray. Gracious Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. I, I know, Lord, that it was a speedy through that 13 chapter, 13 verses, Father God, but I, I just know, Lord, that you've touched our hearts in such a way. And Father, continue to pour your love out upon that. And Lord, there, there are so many people in the fellowship who are hurting. Many different ways, Lord. There's all sorts of hurts within the fellowship, not just physical, but there's emotional and relational and financial, and there's just difficulties, Lord. And Lord, my prayer is that their hearts wouldn't be troubled, but they would look to you, because you are the answer. You're the answer for the troubled heart as we believe in you and trust in you, Father. And Lord, that you would attend to our prayers, you would give us ears, Lord, give us your ears, and you would hear our cries and help us, Lord. Oh, how we love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are a sure.
This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Throughout the book of 1 Kings, we read about rulers who had victories and rulers who failed miserably. King Solomon, known as the wisest king, made his own fair share of mistakes in his life. In fact, in his later years, he began to put his faith in wealth and women rather than wisdom of the Lord. How often do we do that? How often do we put our faith in the worldly things rather than in the Word of God? If you have some questions about what you heard today, we'd be happy to try to answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit AssureHopeRadio.com. We'd love to meet you, too. Each Sunday, we gather at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find directions and more about Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at AssureHopeRadio.com. There's more to learn from the Book of 1 Kings next time, so be sure to join us again right here on Assure Hope.